episode 97 of the Parkrun Adventurers, or episode 2 for 2018. Welcome, Mel. Thanks, Scotty. It could also be known as episode 3 to 100. It could. It could. Let's stick with 97. That's what we've been using for the first couple of years, so let's stick with it. But I just wanted to remind people that this is just our second episode for the year, so we might be a bit rusty, and we might not have much to talk about, but bear with us. We didn't warn people last week, did we? We should have. We've forgotten how to podcast a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) We have. It's quite embarrassing, actually. Yeah. That's okay. We, we'll, we've just kind of gone, we've we've regressed a couple of years, haven't we? And mm. it's just like, what are we even going to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. What did you do? I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be a quality episode, guys. Get ready for it. So let, let's not talk about what we did. Let's talk about what we're going to do. Okay. Well, you, I'll start us off. Good, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start. I'll start a little bit with what I did. So I'm one week in to my official on paper. It's in a grid. Everything training program to redeem myself and redeem or revisit my past marathon failures. And no, in- you don't want to revisit failures. I do because <laughs> I want to stare them down and crush them. Oh, so you mean actual, like, the same stomping grounds? You're going back? Oh, actually, no, that's not true. No, because um, this year, ignore all that. Skip over this bit. Just get to the main point. This year, <laughs> I said I said I'd never – the last marathon I did was Canberra Marathon a couple of years ago. It went okay. It wasn't great. And I said, that's it. I'm done. I can't do them anymore. Later that year, I signed up to do Melbourne Marathon again. And then, again, didn't do the training properly, but this time for, I was fortunate enough to get really sick and couldn't complete the marathon on the day. And at that moment, I said, never again. I'm never doing a marathon. It's stupid. The training's too hard. I've done it. I failed. I'm done. Geez, you're a, you're a glass half full kind of guy about marathons, aren't you? Well, I am now because I'm going to do another marathon. This year, I'm going to have a crack at Sydney Marathon, and I want all our listeners and everyone to come up to me at Parkrun every week and remind me and ask me the question, am I on track? How am I going? Because, Mel, I've got a tendency with my marathon programs to skip a few sessions. I'm not going to lie. Like on a weekly basis? Yes, for the whole program. (laughs) Do you think that might have something to do with your previous performances. Yes. Just throwing it out there. No, it does. Absolutely does. I might have convinced myself that 30k a week is enough. And that the other sessions are optional. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, they're just recommendations. Yes. You know, like that speed limit, the speed sign that's on yellow. It's just a recommended speed. You don't necessarily have to follow that information. But that was the old Scott. This is the new Scott, one week into his training program, nailed it. Nailed it, 100% completion? Yep. Did all Did the sessions. Did you do your rest days? I flipped them around, but I still had one rest day. So I've got one rest day a week. Can you believe it? I, I, am I believing it as in you think that's a lot or that's not much? It's a lot, isn't it? I think it's a lot. No. 
No. No, don't you remember the advice that the rest days are like the most important and people should not skip them? Well, I want to add to them. I'd like to have a few more rest days. Like I think running six days a week is a lot. It is a lot, especially if you're going from not running six days a week and especially if you're starting in January. Well, I'm going to nail it, Mel. That's what I'm saying. So when when are you going to do yours? My marathon? Yeah, because I know you've been talking about it a lot. Uh, as in going back to Madoc, you mean? Yeah. Uh, it's not going to happen this year. But I, you know what? I've got a little bit of a sort of personal goal that I haven't really done much work on in the last 12 months. I have, you know how we've got a peel club, right? And it's one park run in every state and territory in Australia. I've got my own idea that I want to do a half marathon, in every state or territory in Australia. And I've actually had a good crack and I'm about 50% there. So, so far I have done a half marathon in Queensland, WA, ACT and South Australia. But I haven't. So that still leaves um, Northern Territory, Tasmania, Victoria and New South Wales. So I'm thinking... I'm thinking Melbourne in October might be a good time to return to the half marathon running and it should give me plenty of time to not train for it and um, come down and finish on on the big, you know, the, what do you, MCG, is that where it finishes? You get to run where all the, the normal, really big, awesome athletes run on the track. I've never run on track before, so that could be a bit cool well no it's not quite a track they just put down some plastic matting over the grass oh oh well in that case why would i bother well it is still there's the thrill i've done it once of running into the stadium actually i've done it twice it's kind of cool but there is there is there is a little downside that the stadiums aren't full yeah and that's the thing i'm pretty sure the stadiums would be much fuller at the kinds of times that you finished and the kind of time I would finish. No, so. no, no, not at all. I think people stick around. It's a long day. And don't let that put it off you, Mel. I think um, let's put it in the diary. It's a great day. I think it's becoming the number one marathon in the country. Forget this Gold Coast nonsense. Melbourne's where it's at. That's where you're going to be this year. Well, no, I'm not pro- making any promises. I'm just thinking about it. That's what I, I thought you promised. I, thought, I, I heard you say, this is what I need to do. Well, I think you need to rewind and listen again because I'm pretty confident that I made no promises. I just, I, it's, it's just an idea that it might be a nice return to the half marathon running and knock off another state while I'm going. We'll see. If, if I can find an appropriate um, sound recording of like a stadium full of 50,000 people cheering that I could play when I ran into the stadium so that it's in my ears and I feel like I'm being cheered by a full stadium, then maybe. You mean like this one? <laughs> Do you just have these things on, on, on the switchboard now? Of course. Yes, I'm well prepared. I knew we were going to talk about this. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, that's very organised of you. Since you've got the great ESP, what should we talk about next? Let's. You know where I went on Saturday? I went back to Mullum Mullum and I caught up with our next guest. 
Now, while everyone had a great Christmas and had a great break, our next guest had what could be easily described as a pretty crap Christmas. We're going to chat to Brett Orpud from Mullen Mullen Park Run, who was loving Park Run up until December 23rd last year. Welcome to the Park Run Adventurers Podcast. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. And by the sounds of things, so are you now. But do you want to take us back to late last year and share with our listeners uh, what happened to you on the 23rd of December? Yes. Well, I was trying to squeeze in one last park run before Christmas, and uh, and I was I was planning on doing it with my eight-year-old son Charlie. Um, we rocked down to our Mullamullam park run, our local park run, um, and uh, we took took uh, some neighbours down in the car as well too. So we had a full car load. Um, and then I can't really remember a whole lot after um, I arrived at the at the park run. So I remember a couple of things, um, bumping into parents of one of Charlie's school friends, uh, Josh, his, and his parents, Jodie and Mark. Um, the boys were keen to run together, so I offered to, to run with the boys as Jodie and Mark have got two younger kids. And I remember the start and and fiddling with um, with my new Bluetooth headphones, which I was pairing with my my watch, um, and that's my last memory. Um, after that, um, we were about uh, just over a kilometre into the run, and I was running with um, Charlie and Josh, and I had a sudden cardiac arrest. Um, so pretty serious. I um, I hit the hit the ground. Um, and um, and obviously I, I don't remember any of this, so so the rest of it's um, hearsay and what I've learned afterwards. But um, my heart stopped, and um, and yeah, I, I fell to the ground, and, and that was it. I had a, a seizure there. Fortunately, running very close to me was Scott Hawkins, the the run director at um, Mullen Mullen Park Run, who was also running with his son. Um, and then help quickly arrived. Um, I was very fortunate that um, that um, uh, within a minute or so, I had a team of six uh, first responders who um, started CPR on me, um, and I had a team of three on compressions and uh, and on breathing as well too, and they kept me going. Um, Scott called an ambulance, an ambulance uh, that took about fifteen minutes to arrive. Um, and at, um, at a similar time, a call was made up to our start line and, and we had, fortunately, very fortunately, a defibrillator at, back at the start line, uh, which had only two months earlier been, um, been granted uh, via one of the community grants uh, through our local council, Maroondah Council. Um, so that was run down by the, the day run director and, um, and arrived about eight minutes later. Um, that was used on me and it got my heart starting again. Um, and I guess the only reason that I'm still here is because of the unbelievable work of my first responders and the fact that we had that defibrillator there and that, that started my heart again. Um, soon after that, the ambulance arrived. Um, they switched over onto their defibrillator. That was used again. Um, so my heart had problems uh, keeping going. Um, and I was obviously in a, in a pretty serious way there. They rushed me off to um, to Box Hill Hospital, um, and I spent um, six hours in the cath lab in the cardiac um, area of Box Hill Hospital, uh, where they um, where they ran tests all day. So it was a pretty scary time. Um, 
my wife had been called and she arrived at the scene uh, with my younger boy um, and uh, and went in the ambulance as well too and um, and she was supported by friends um, school parent friends and um, and our next door neighbor Anne who was a massive support for all of that day and they spent the whole day in in Box Hill Hospital, that, as, a, as we mentioned earlier, that was the 23rd of December. So I spent um, the next 24 hours in, in an induced coma. Um, and that was a pretty scary time for everyone. And then I slowly came out of that um, on the afternoon of Christmas Eve. So my memories um, of Christmas Eve and Christmas are, are pretty, pretty jaded. Um, I can't really remember a whole lot of Christmas Day, just um, some family around and, and a few events through the day. But, um, but yeah, it was a, a sombre time for um, for all of my family and pretty scary. Um, my wife had mentioned that I think on Christmas Day I, I asked the same uh, bunch of questions, which is, you know, what happened, where am I, um, and, and um, filling in on events a good 50 times, so it was pretty scary. She'd been warned by all of the doctors that I could, um, seeing as I'd been down for 15 minutes, I could um, I could have um, brain damage or there could be um, other complications as well too. So, um, so it's a pretty scary time for everyone. I know the outcome, Brett, because obviously we're sitting here talking to you now and I can tell you though, my heart rate has sort of went up while you were telling the story. Obviously... Six responders is absolutely brilliant. I know the question that's going to be on everyone's mind is, did somebody pause your Garmin? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, I, and this was a thing. Um, so I, had, I was using an Apple Watch, uh, which, was a, which was a present, and it was one of the first things, you know, once I'd come to and come around to, I wanted to see the data on it. <laughs> I'd, um, I'd started Strava on it. Um, it hadn't synced back to my... Um, to my iPhone, and so all of the data was lost. It ended up just being a blur of, um, of movement around, so I didn't record didn't record anything. I wanted to see what my heart rate actually did. Ah, oh, damn it! Technology failing again. We fail. Now I understand you actually um, you went home from the hospital with your own heart rate monitor, as it were, installed. How how does that work? Yes, yeah, so I've got a, um, a defibrillator installed. So I was in hospital for 12, 12 days. Um, after I'd finished all the testing and MRI, then they, they've put a defibrillator in. So that's it's in my, just below my left shoulder, um, so under the skin there. Um, the wires run down an artery and into my heart, and the wires are, are attached to my heart. So if this ever happens again, then, I'll, then it'll shock me back to life and... Um, and uh, get my heart started again. So if, if it does happen, it, it'll probably appear as if I fainted or something like that. I could lose consciousness, but, uh, but it'll shock me back and I should come, come to pretty quickly. On the morning that this happened, Brett, did you actually die for a period of time while CPR was being performed and they were running the defib down, defib down to you? Um, yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I understand that, um, that yeah, I was clinically dead and, and it's um, correct to, to, to say that. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure how long. Um, as I say, I think it was about eight minutes or so until the defib came down. So my understanding is that my heart didn't start until the defib um, was connected. I could be wrong on that, on that point, but, um, but that's what defibs do. They, they, um, they get your heart started and they're an important component of, of 
bringing people back to life in sudden cardiac arrest. CPR keeps your blood pumping and keeps um, keeps your brain oxygenated and your heart oxygenated and your organs and uh, defibrillators start your heart again and get you going again. So thank God the defib was there. But does it freak you out a little bit that um, you, you were dead for a period of time there or possibly dead? I know you're not a doctor, but for the theatrics of the podcast, let's say you were. Absolutely. I've... Um, yeah, it does freak me out a little bit. Um, yeah, I spent a fair bit of time in hospital um, philosophically thinking about that and how very fortunate I was in in all of these events that um, that I'm still here. I normally run by myself at night time, and I did twice that week as well too, on the Monday and the Wednesday before the Sunday park run. Um, so if, it, if this had happened at any other time, then I wouldn't be here. So, um, yeah, it um, it does it does freak me out a, a lot how how very fortunate I was to have those people around me the defibrillator there that it happened where and where it did and um, and that help was sent at hand um, if all of those things didn't occur exactly at the same time I wouldn't be here. You mentioned that you you your wife had a lot of support on the day you know um, from friends and and family and things like that. Um, going to the hospital and all those sorts of things. What happened? I mean, you drove your neighbours to Parkrun. So what happened to your other son and your neighbours? Did somebody take them home or they get stranded? Absolutely. They all, um, so everyone sort of pitched in. So um, my two boys, so um, my youngest was left back at the start line. So he he didn't witness any of it. But um, obviously my eight-year-old and and his friend did. So they were quickly um, cared for by um, by friends, um, and so we've got uh, so many friends to, to thank there. So school parent friends um, who who took them away from the scene. He didn't want to leave the scene, so he took them away from the scene. And then um, and then yeah, Josh's parents, Jody and, and Mark Dakic, uh, looked after both of our boys all through that day uh, whilst um, whilst we're in hospital. Um, my, you know, all of my family arrived at hospital, so we had um, my wife had plenty of support there, as well as I said, my um, my neighbour, and we're very good friends with our neighbours. They're, they're the best neighbours in the world. So, Anne was with my wife all day and was a great support as well too. And the community since then has just rallied around us. So we've had so much support; it's just been unbelievable. Another one of um, our school parent friends and and um, and Mullum, Mullum Park runners. Um, Sharon Wilson has organised a food train um, and I think people are just looking for a way to help and that food train, which is, delivers a meal around to us once a week just to help us out, is now booked out until into June. So there's so many families that have just um, wanted to offer support and are, and are helping us and it's been amazing. That's incredible. Kids, kids are pretty resilient, but I can imagine that experiencing watching your dad or or at least you know being around and knowing that something is happening to your dad and it's very serious must have been an absolute freak out for your boys how have they handled it I mean obviously you got to come home afterwards and they can see that you're all right but that still must have you know made a really big impact yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a massive event. Um, my youngest uh, Mac, um, he he knew that I was in hospital and and had a heart issue and and some broken ribs, but um, but not not a whole lot else and didn't get to witness it. Um, Charlie's been through a lot, um, and you know we've got the fortunate outcome that I was able to walk away from this, and we've been able to explain it that 
you know, this is this is what doctors and nurses do. They help save lives, and you know, I, and it was a really scary morning, and um, and you know, some pretty traumatic events um, happened. But that's where my help was. I had a doctor and three nurses and a policeman all doing CPR on me, and and they saved my life. So that's that's what they do, and uh, you know, that's that's um, you know something he can think about, I guess, as he grows up as to whether that's um, that's the the type of job that he might want to do when he gets older. We've had lots of support around us and Park Run Australia have been absolutely fantastic as well too, offering support and um, and counselling um, to not only um, Charlie and, um, and my wife and I, but also everyone at Park Run that day. There were plenty of people that, um, that saw the traumatic um, events down there. So, um, you know, Park, as I say, Park Run Australia and we've had lots of other support around around us as well too. So. We'll uh, we'll keep a close eye on Charlie. As soon as I came out of hospital, he's he's really bounced back and um, just you know loves ha- having me around and and um, has has been pretty close to me since then. So um, you know we'll we'll keep a close eye on him and and, and uh, hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be fine. Now the good news to come out of this, Brett, is that you have made a good recovery. You're doing well. I've met you. You're a fit-looking guy. That's the other thing we should mention that you were fit coming into this. Um, no signs that you were going to have a heart attack, and um, but you're on the mend now. How is your recovery going? Yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate, um, and a lot of a lot of uh, my recovery comes down to the quality of the CPR, as I sort of mentioned before. Uh, the doctors were really surprised I was able to get up and get out of hospital, seeing as I was down for 15 minutes, and that's a, a long time to be um, to be down for. Um, that's they they just. Um, measure that as the time until the ambulance arrived but the the good thing for me is that I had exceptional quality CPR um, all through that period of time um, you know from within a minute of going down until the ambulance arrived so um, yeah every everything's come back pretty clear I don't uh, you know my brain scan came back clear the MRI looks really good the common causes for uh, for sudden cardiac arrest are are either a congenital abnormality in the heart, or um, or um, or a heart defect. And the good news for me is that I don't have either of those, so I should make a, a full recovery. There's no damage to my heart. This was an electrical malfunction, um, and um, and the rest of my function is great. I got a full checkup when I was in there, and uh, and all my arteries and everything uh, look great. So that's um, that's you know very pleasing. Um, and so whilst it'll be, um, a, a few months, so it could be two to six months before I'm able to run again, um, I should make a full recovery and, um, and my heart's in pretty good condition. And now I've got a defibrillator in to, um, to kickstart me again in case it happens again. Um, so at, at the moment, um, I tire very quickly. I can... If I walk up a couple of uh, flights of stairs, then I, I start feeling dizzy, and my body's telling me that um, that you know I just need to slow down. And similar at the moment, I can sort of walk for a kilometre, but I very quickly, um, I, I, if I pick up pace, then um, again my body just tells me now you've got to slow down, otherwise I start feeling faint and dizzy. Listening to your body is probably the best thing you can do. I'm sure the doctors have told you that. You haven't sworn off parkrun then. You've you've got your own defib on hand or in body to kick in, and you know you think in the future you'll definitely be back out there pounding the pavements and running the trails. Absolutely, uh, yeah. We're lucky to have two defibs down at parkrun now. It's just that one's attached to me. 
Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to the time when I'll be able to get back down to park run and to um, and to run again. Uh, in the meantime, you know, got plenty of volunteering opportunities as well too, and um, and I saw Scott down at um, at Mullumullum on on the weekend, and um, and I was volunteering down there too. So it's good to um, to give back a little bit. Speaking of giving back, I love that you're already volunteering and um, the roster's always going to be happy for volunteers. However, you and your family have kicked off a bit of a crowdfunding campaign to get more defibs to other park runs. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Obviously, 12 days in hospital, I had a lot of time to think about things and especially through that new year period as well too. So, you know, my one of the first things that um, that you know, I realised was how fortunate I was in my my situation. If it wasn't for the people that we had around us and and all all the support that I was getting in hospital and everything, I, I wouldn't be here. And I was so so thankful for um, for everything that everyone did. Um, Scott Hawkins, the run director, was in at hospital and visiting me and um, and and keeping everyone updated. And so I had messages flooding in through Facebook and. Um, and you know, and text messages and everything, and I I really wanted to do something to um, to say thank you and to to give back. Um, I knew that we'd recently um, got our defibrillator, and as part of that comms, I, I was aware that you know there was a campaign for the Parkrun were running to try and increase the the numbers of defibrillators um, at Parkruns. Um, but still, there were plenty of Parkruns that didn't have defibrillators, and so I had a bit of a chat to Scott and. You know, originally what I wanted to do was to for Beck and I to donate a defibrillator to another park run so that we could sort of say thank you to our, our um, park run community and also to to the wider, um, you know, park run Australia that had supported us so much. Um, and when I started um, discussing this idea, I was getting so much support and people were like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll contribute as well too. And so the idea sort of popped up that, yeah, you know, maybe this, um, maybe it's a good idea that um, I sort of leverage off so much goodwill that was there to, to, to do some good for other park runs and to see if we could raise some money for other park runs. So I started a, a GoFundMe. Um, after uh, after discussing that with um, with Renee at Park Run Australia as well too, just to see where the opportunity, you know, that opportunity was still there and, and, um, and, and what it presented. So, so it was, a, you know, at... Um, when I started this, um, I think it was around about Jan 20, um, there was still about 45 park runs in Australia of the 270 that are there that don't have park run, uh, don't have defibrillators. Most of those are, are in rural areas or, or at the smaller park runs up and down the coast and, and around Australia. Um, so I saw it as, as that opportunity to do something for them. Um, I, I launched the GoFundMe and and I, I did that um, at our at Mullumullum Park Run, um, and it was a, a pretty special day. So this is um, you know less, uh, less than two weeks ago now, so just ten days ago, where I was able to go down to um, to our park run. I met all of our first responders, my first responders, for the first time. So it was a pretty emotional day meeting all the people who saved my life, um, and was able to um, to to launch the the GoFundMe and um, and get a bit of support for it. Uh, from that, it went absolutely gangbusters. So, um, so it's been a massive response, and within the, the last nine or ten days, um, where you know we've raised over thirty-one thousand dollars now. So that's fifteen two thousand dollar defibrillators. Um, uh, there was one very special 
$20,000 donation in there as well too, um, uh, which was, you know, just absolutely remarkable, but a massive help for, um, for getting defibrillators to, um, to some rural park runs. So it, it feels great. It's been, you know, a, a, a wonderful thing for me to, to help heal as well too. And it definitely um, gave me something to look forward to um, to get out of hospital and to focus my attention on rather than um, rather than just being stuck, uh, you know, stuck around the house and um, uh, and not being able to, to get outside all that much. So it's been a, a massive help for, for my recovery as well too. It's been enormous, Brett. I think um, you should never undersell the contribution that you've made. And, and the great Scott Hawkins said to me, he said, you know, people can raise money for machines, that's one thing, but when we're raising money for people's lives and it's a real person, I think people think differently about it and I think that's uh, very evident in you telling your story here. So we're going to share the GoFundMe link uh, on our Facebook page with our listeners, but uh, thank you again for coming on and, and telling your tale and um, throwing some light on this scary topic that, that confronts many parkrunners and many volunteers that are involved in parkrun. Uh, so thanks again, Brett Warpwood. Scotty and I have been salivating over all the records that have been broken lately and who better to break it all down than Mr. Ian Hay of Facts in a Haystack. So Ian's back on the show and I wasn't going to say so, but it happened. So there you have it. Ian, welcome back to the Parkrun Adventurers. Thanks, Mel. Hey, Scott. Now, oh, and I've just said the other naughty word as well. <laughs> Ian, do you have any naughty words that you try not to? Like after you listened to the first couple of podcasts that you were in I know for a very long time you just wouldn't listen to those episodes at all because it had your voice in but once you sort of broke through that barrier and started listening to the episodes you were in were there any words that you found that you said that it just you know blatantly stood out to you that oh my goodness I just said fantastic like five times within three sentences any spring to mind they don't. I, I hate it when I go back and I hear myself say um over and over and over again. But I, I think I go through phases where I have different words that I like and I keep repeating over and over again, like over and over again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I still haven't got used to hearing my voice. I still cringe. <laughs> I think we go through those phases too because in the early days we used to say fantastic too much. So that went on the list. We weren't allowed to say fantastic barely ever say it anymore uh, but we have some new words of late that we've we've made a deal a pact between the two of us that we're not supposed to say and I think we've both broken that pact about four times already this episode haven't we Scotty yeah we have we have well so Ian's going to give us the stats on how many times I've said now and <laughs> how many times Mel has said so this episode <laughs> give us the first set of numbers then. And, and fantastic we'll cover off fantastic as well excited I can't say excited, excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start keeping a running telly <laughs> especially because ironically when Scotty says he's excited he doesn't sound excited <laughs> but that that is actually his excited voice so very excited <laughs> good to hear good to hear <laughs> so what other figures 
<laughs> yes, let's find something we do get excited about. <laughs> I tell you what, these these records this this month that we've had now that's something to get excited about. So it's um it's been record after record after record. So it's been fantastic. So this actually I'm using the word so so I'm going to keep saying so. I'm going to try not. That's to use my that. fault. <laughs> that's your fault. <laughs> been thinking about it too much. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to keep count of your so's, <laughs> and I'll give you a report at the end of the uh, the segment. Cool. Okay. So, um, yeah, this month we've every week, except excluding um, the uh, New Year's Day, which um, while that was a big day, it's still not the big numbers like we've had every week, uh, simply because we didn't have every event running. Um, but we've had every week in January, we've broken, we've we've beaten last year's record in total. So last year, um, last year's record was. I'm trying to read my stats now. Um, was uh, thirty-three thousand? There you go. Mind blank there for a second. Thirty around thirty-three thousand was our um, record for last year, and every week this this month we've broken it. Uh, I think our smallest was thirty-seven thousand. Uh, so what a month! It's been huge. Now we did have a drop off this week, though, didn't we? This was the first week we didn't break it. We didn't break it this week, but we still smashed last year's total over, um, overall record. So we still hit 37,000 this week. Um, it's really sad when we call that not breaking a record or smaller because um, it's still bigger than 33,000, which was our biggest last year. So still incredible numbers. Bringing my exceptional mathing skills in, and we have had four weeks in January that that means we've cracked like over 100,000 runs, especially, I guess, you know, if you incorporate the New Year's Day runs into that. How many, do you know how many we've done this month already, Ian? I sure do. I've got those stats in front of me as well. So for 2018, we've done 100, approximately 174,000 uh, runners uh, in January. Um, so that's averaging around 35,000 per week. Yowzers. So if you if you compare that back to January 2017, um, we had we were averaging 26,000 a week. So we've gone from 26,000 to 35,000. Now we've also got more events this year. Yeah. So yeah. So that's so going to help our numbers. 205 events. Yeah. Yeah. 205 events last January up to 272 this year. So that's considerable jump. So does our average per event? Yes, yeah, so I have averaged it out. So, yeah, I haven't averaged it out per event. So per event, it still sits around roughly the same. So it has been our increase in um, events. Um, but you are seeing yeah, you are seeing an increase. The other one that I quickly grabbed out too was just the number of volunteers. I thought it would be interesting to see the number of volunteers. So um, in January 2017, we had 8,600 volunteers, um, which I think averaged around eight per event. Um, and we're now up to 11,400 volunteers over January. That's a huge amount of volunteers. I tell people we are the biggest provider of volunteer opportunities in Australia. I'd like someone else, I'd like another organisation to come at us with figures that can top that. What did you say? What was the total again? 11,000? 11,400. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And, and look at how smoothly everything is – look how smoothly – I'm not, not jinxing anything here, but how smoothly all the events run and how, how well it all comes together. It's just – it's incredible. Hey, Ian, have you got any <laughs> other stats for us? Um, the only other ones I pulled up quickly was just total numbers, which I thought were quite interesting. So um, I just went back to 2015. So 2015, we had 764,000 runners for the year. 
2016, we went up to 1.15 million. Um, 2017, up to 1.49 million. So where's 2018 going to take us? There's been quite a quite incredible jumps each year. That's for the full calendar year. For the full calendar year, yep. So we've we've gone from an average of fourteen thousand per week to twenty one thousand per week to twenty seven thousand per week, and we'll see what twenty eighteen brings us. So let's put this in time capsule then, Leanne. So let's get to the end of twenty eighteen. What's the average going to be? What have we got? Twenty one. We want to take a guess. At anyone want to take a stab? Yeah, predictions. We want predictions. Oh, I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to go thirty four thousand a week. Every week. Hmm. Okay, but what does that equal at by the end? Because you you were just talking about the totals now, so I I want to hear what you think the total will be for two thousand eighteen. And and remind us again what seventeen was, so that I can make up some arbitrary number. <laughs> seventeen was twenty seven thousand. No, no, seventeen was more than twenty seven thousand. It was one point something million. Twenty seven thousand per week, so one point four nine million. Okay. So I might be regretting the thirty-four thousand now that I think about it. <laughs> so it just it comes seems out a about lot. One point seven million. That's, yeah, oh, it's about one point seven million. So that's, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. It just seems a lot. Yeah. I'm going to go bigger. Thirty-four thousand. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go bigger and I'll go 30, 35. <laughs> 35. <laughs> Mel, okay, there's a prize well, for the winner at the end of the year. All right, but you're thirty-five. What? What is? Yeah, but what is that in the millions? Oh, it's about... It's a lot. Oh, it's about 1.8. I'm, I'm basing on 52 weeks in the year. I'm not being <laughs> overly specific with the number of events, but roughly. And then you've got to think that by, you know, the middle of the year, it's actually going to drop because it'll be winter in Australia. But you do have growth. <laughs> All right. In But in that case, I'm going to go... I'm going to go, oh, it's so tempting to go 2 million because I do <laughs> like a really big round number. I'm, I'm going to go 1.875. 1.875. Yep. Yeah, just under Scotty. Can you, Mel, you're not following along, Mel. Can, Ian, can you give me the average of that per week? <laughs> that's about, that's 36,000. 36,000. Okay. <laughs> So gone 30, 34, 35, and 36. <laughs> I do things my own way, Scotty, okay? Okay. <laughs> you should be used to this by now. Yep. Something to look forward to in 11 yep. months' yeah. time. We'll probably be here in no time, so. <laughs> hey, Ian, not the prof, Ian, I guarantee we'll have you back on before uh, December this year. That that thanks would be for, awesome. Thanks for joining us uh, on only the second program this year. It's great to have thanks you back. Thanks, guys. Yep, good to be back. Thanks, guys. I'm here at Bagara Parkrun launch with Fee Edmonds. Fee, how did you like the course today? It's a beautiful course, a bit hot today and there's a lot of people out here but it's absolutely wonderful. You follow the path and go out into the, the bushland and come back and run along the beach for a while and come back along the grass and meet up with all your friends back here at the start area. How did you find out about the Bagara launch? 
Well, I read the Parkrun newsletter every week, and at the bottom of that there's a calendar, and so you catch a, catch that and see what's uh, ready to put on your calendar. And there's also Parkrun Tourism Facebook page, so there's everybody talking about things there too. Okay, thank you for your time. Okay, I'm here with Sasha from Bundy. Yeah. You haven't tra- changed over to the Bagara course or anything like nah, that yet? No, not yet, but I'll do a run here at least once a month just to support the crew. Okay, so Sasha, how did you find the course other than it being hot? Yeah, it was very hot today. It's so nice and scenic, nice headwind, which wasn't great for the pace, but was definitely nice to cool you down. Uh, definitely attractive for the, the scenic rim, isn't it? Just along the coastline the whole way. So... <laughs> What um, what tips would you have for any new players out there that are turning up to their first event of Bagara? Yeah, absolutely. Just have a go. Uh, Parkrun park is very supportive, lots of local running clubs. My very first ever 5K run was Bundy Parkrun. So I, I started training about three months out when that was coming to town. Um, and I struggled through my first one, got a time of about 38 minutes. And my goal for launch in a couple of weeks' time is to get a 28-minute, actually. So... Just have a go. Surround yourself with like-minded people and just get out. So other than Bundy and Bagara now, what other events have you done a tourist to? Yeah, um, I've been to Harvey Bay and North Lakes. Okay, so you're slowly getting out there. I am getting out there, definitely. Okay. Right, well, we'll see you around the traps. Lovely. Hey, Kent, how do you like to run today? Kent, Kenzie. Kenzie, how'd you like to run? Hey, how'd you like to run? No? Okay then, bye. Okay. Last interview for the day, and we're here with the co-EDs for the Bagara Park Run. So, Phil and Maria, how did your event go? Speak up, speak up. Really good, we had a huge... um, group of participants and everybody was really happy with the course so yeah happy days happy days stress-free now all the uh, work and pre-planning just it seemed to go together all, all well today there's nothing really missed i don't think 318 people is just amazing i think we're expecting i was expecting about 200 but 318 that's just crazy really great and only lost one token so far <laughs> so pretty happy well, it's not bad at all. So, for those that don't know and don't follow the Bagara Facebook page, you probably wouldn't realise that Philly's a bit of a selfie king. So, how did the selfies go this morning? Oh, I managed to get in probably a dozen or so. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'll be up on, up on uh, Facebook later on. <laughs> so, probably the question is how many of the selfies got done when you should have been doing his RD stuff? Ah, oh, no, in between, in between. <laughs> It's all good. I only get a sneak in a couple at the end. During, during the middle when there's not many people around and a few at the start, just before the, the gun goes off. So it's all good. So, um, so out of, out of um, the whole lot of the, the setup and the organising, was there, was there one part that you enjoyed the most? Was there one part that you found the most annoying as such or what, what's your comments for, for that side of things as in from start to finish of today or just the whole process well, well both the whole process is one and then just running a day yeah probably the lead up um you get a bit frustrating because there's a lot of blockages uh, you got to send this here and other things out get approval and 
uh, you think you got everything down and all of a sudden things change and say, oh no, you can't do that. So you got to go back and start again. But overall, we managed to get Bagara up and running since late October, I think. And it's 27th of January now, so that's fairly quick turnaround. Um, we did have some pre-planning done beforehand because we tried to launch before, but um, everyone we dealt with has been really good. And I think too, like out of everything, the positive feedback that we've received from everyone, it's just been amazing. Like yeah, everyone it, has even in just the lead up, been, yeah, even, we even started, with our know. trials and like pre, like before we started the trials, everybody's just been really positive. And even today on the track, everyone's yelling out positive feedback, great course, guys, you know, well done. So yeah, that makes it really worthwhile. So. Having two launches, I mean, um, trials was really well. We worked out a few little issues we had probably could have done another one and really honed out all the little issues um, most of our volunteers that were at our trials came to the launch day which was good so, um, so with your trials I think you had 60 and 65 to your two trial days so most of those would have been locals and such so out of the 300 odd what's your your take on how many were Bagara locals I think looking at our numbers, we've got 100 and, you said? 169 registered, registered today. Registered with Bagara already. So, um, and I reckon we would have had at least 150 that were just Bagara, Bagara local, London, local yeah. people. Some, some may not revisit all the time, but I think we'll get a lot of people come back every week. A lot of people from Bundaberg came through today just for the launch, which was good. But yeah, there's definitely and a lot of visitors. There, yeah, there was a lot of visitors, a lot from, from the, um, the Brisbane area. Um, so it's, what is it, about four hours from Brisbane? Four hours from Brisbane, yeah. Uh, so it's not, In, on not a good day. to drive. On a good day. <laughs> um, so yeah, one of those that I think you'll... Nice area, nice course, so tend to get a fair few visitors coming through, I think. Yeah, I think no, we will. Nice. Especially the holiday makers in the holiday season, school holidays. And, 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 all and what time to perfect time to launch on a long weekend? Long weekend. All right, it's the thing with what it is. Yeah, you potentially have that guaranteed long weekend for every every event. Mm. Uh, it could have worked against us too. Uh, Stray day weekend, people go away a lot. So uh, still to get the numbers we got was just fantastic. Mm. I think. Yeah. yeah, very happy with the numbers. But in saying that, it's not all about numbers for us. It's just with people participating. Yeah. Um, so to have those numbers, it yeah, just blew us away. Was good. We'll leave it there and we'll let you get away and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Try to and Endo, get some photos uploaded and finish it off. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Right, thank you. G'day Parkrun Adventurers, it's Lyndall here reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew and I have made the trek from Brisbane out to Mount Tambourine. Now Mount Tambourine is celebrating their third birthday today so there's cake. Um, there is also some kind of surprise, something to do with the song Happy. I'm not going to sing it for you. I'm wondering whether that's what the surprise is. We all have to sing. I don't know. Um, they posted something on their Facebook page during the week saying that they hoped that we were all practicing. And when I contacted them and said, hey, I'm thinking of coming down, what do I need to practice? And they said, oh, it's a little surprise. 
So I've got that ahead of me, I've got a run ahead of me and I'm hoping that I can find my way because I've headed up the mountain um, and there's fog up here in the middle of summer. It is so strange. Um, AD, one of one of the event crew here have told me that it is quite unexpected, that they weren't expecting fog. So look, hopefully I don't get lost and I will be able to have a chat to some people after the park run and... Um, let you know a little bit more about how the day unfolded okay parkrun adventurers i'm back post run i didn't get lost i was a bit worried that i might not only because of the course but also the fog and i'm back now i can reveal that the surprise that had to do with the song happy was a dance routine and ably led by sarah and abby who i'm about to have a chat with but the whole park one crew joined in and they did this little song and dance with the song happy and um, i've got a video of it so i'll pop that up on one of the pages on on facebook so you can have a look at it but i'll just have a quick chat with sarah and abby how are you guys going today good, good thanks good and are you guys regular park runners or is this was this a special occasion for you? A special occasion. Um, this is my first time doing park run. And you were saying earlier, um, Abby, that you sometimes volunteer here? Yes, I do sometimes volunteer, mainly on tokens. Tokens is a great job because you get to say hello to everybody. Yes. <laughs> now, so the dance that you did, um, just tell us a little bit about that. How did you get involved and um, how did that happen? Well... My mum is uh, usually comes to parkrun every day, every time it's on. And uh, my friend Sarah was over, and the start of the dance, we decided to make up a dance because there was no, no one was dancing at the beginning, and there was like lots of space. So then we had the idea of putting in our own choreography, and we had to send a video to see if it would work, and they said yes. So you even had to audition for the role, huh? Yeah. yeah, a bit, yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I can see why you got it because you did a great job. And you've even choreographed your outfits. You've got your black tops and your colourful tutus and you did a really great intro and made us all feel happy at the start. So thanks very much and um, keep you. coming to Park Run. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Bye. Okay, so post Park Run, I've tracked down Nerida, who I think is the furthest tourist here today. How are you going, Nerida, and where are you from? I'm good, and I'm from Nepean River Park Run um, in, down in Penrith. All right, so what brings you to Mount Tambourine? Did you come all this way just for cake? Uh, no, I came <laughs> to visit my friend Chris, who's just moved up here to Mount Tambourine. Excellent. Um, so, so, Chris, you're a Mount Tambourine local. Is this your local park run now? It is. So this is the first time I've done this park run. I came from Fingal Bay Park Run down in um, Newcastle Way. Yeah, down oh. south. Excellent. So a couple of tourists here. That's funny that you're the local and your friend the tourist has dragged you along to your local park run. Do you think you'll come back? I will probably because I'll bring one of my kids who's a bit of a runner. So, yeah. Excellent. So you're sticking around for some cake? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Now, I've tracked down a contingent here from Main Beach Park Run. They've made the trek up the mountain to Mount Tambourine. Um, and it turns out... One of them has a birthday, actually two of them have a birthday, and they're pretty happy that Mount Tambourine have put on cake and a dance and a song uh, just for them. So, who are you, what are your names, and is it your birthday? Faye, and it's not my birthday. I'm Meredith Tucker, and yes, it's my birthday. I'm Sharon, and no, it's not my birthday. Gary Rogers, and it's not my birthday. So you're all here for Meredith. Good on you. Right. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, so how did you find the course today? A little bit different to Main Beach, I think. Fabulous. It was very invigorating, challenging, but worth, worth coming up the mountain for. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't a happy birthday run. It was quite hard. <laughs> she says that, but she ran ahead of me, so... <laughs> So it can't have been that hard. No, she, well, you no. know. She always goes to run a slow pace and I never see her. <laughs> <laughs> I've got friends like that too. How about you, Gary? I enjoyed it. It was challenging and it took me out of my comfort zone a little bit today. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was really good. Yeah, I liked it. It was all cross-country, so it was something very different. Different to Main Beach, but do you do a bit of uh, trail running, Gary, in um, other times? Yeah, I do a bit of trail running, road and trail, but, yeah, the atmosphere at Main Beach is different to up here as well. Of course, there's a lot more people at Main Beach, and it's close to the beach, but this is more country, and it's a lot cooler. And friendly. And always friendly. Every park run that I've done, which isn't that many, are very friendly. It is. It is. It's an awesome thing. Okay, now, perfect timing. Happy has just started up. Some of the ladies are out having another crack at the dance. It was a wonderful touch to the park on uh, birthday this morning. And with me, I have Derice and I have Nigel. Nigel. Um, how are you going today? Very good, thank you. I'm going very well. Very pleasing to see such a good turnout. Now, Derice, you did your 50th park run today, and there was another chap that did their 100. He's run away. He's obviously a much faster runner than any of us. So um, how did your 50 go? Yes, it was good. It was a bit slow today because of the heat, but, um, yep, happy that I finished it. Excellent. And have you done most of your runs here or have you touristed around a little bit? Uh, most of them here. I've done a few in Ipswich, but mostly temporary. So you're a tough runner because this is a tough course. It is a tough course. <laughs> but I loved it. It was wonderful. Um, now, Nigel, um, I didn't recognise you now because you didn't have your fluffy hat Sorry. and your tutu and your time-keeping vest on. You time-kept today? I time-keep time today. Yes, I normally time-keep. I've run, I think, 32 times. I ran last week for the first time in two years, but now I'm back to time-keeping. And, and is that why you're back to time-keeping? Because it was your first <laughs> run in two years? I don't need to run anymore. <laughs> I'm too old. I, I do walking. I, 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 I do Kokoda tracks, Kokoda challenges, yep. and I'm very happy to come and time-keep. Excellent. Now, I understand that you're also the local councillor here in the Scenic Rim Council. I am. I'm here on my second term, finishing 2020. Can I say, it was wonderful to see you join in. So I go to a lot of parkrun launches and a lot of parkrun anniversaries and quite often the, the councillor or the local member or someone comes along in their suit and they cut a ribbon and off they go. But no, you were really part of the parkrun community here. The first picture I had taken as a councillor, they wanted me to have a picture taken of planting of trees at the state school. I said, I'm not coming in a suit. I'll come and plant some trees for you. Then you can take a picture of me feeling dirty. <laughs> and that how did how that go? <laughs> oh, yes, look, I always go and do things. Then they take pictures afterwards. That is my stance. That sounds excellent. And obviously there are lots of pictures of you dancing today as well. So that will be another memorable moment in your life as a councillor. It will. I have my crib sheep of how I was supposed to have moved. Didn't quite follow suit, but... Uh... <laughs> I'll let, I'll let you in on a secret. You weren't the only one that didn't quite follow the script and it was absolutely yes. fine. <laughs> that, that is normal. Yes, yeah. casual. Well, thank you guys for a wonderful day. Congratulations on your 50th. Congratulations, Nigel, for being just such a, such a part of a wonderful community of up here. And hopefully I'll be back up at Mount Tambourine thank, sometime. Thank you for coming up. Thank you very much, Linda. All right, so now I've tracked down the event director, Bruce. How are you today, Bruce, and how did the birthday go? 
I, I'm not as tired as some of my volunteers because they did all the work and they've been planning it for um, four weeks and you visually saw how they started the um, park run today. Um, and we're pretty pleased with how it all, how it all went. Uh, I think there were 74 um, runners slash walkers across the line today, which would be um, our third biggest park run up here because we're only a small park run. Excellent. So third biggest, that's not bad. Lots of visitors. Um, how, what do you normally get on a normal Saturday, normal park run day? Uh, we normally get 20 to 25. It'll peak maybe at 40, 45 um, if on, on holidays with the park run tourists and the people that come up. The smallest we had was back in um, October on a wet Saturday. We had eight volunteers and four runners. <laughs> That's a story. That's a story. Uh, not hard to get a podium that day. No, it wasn't. wasn't hard to get a podium, <laughs> but the um, finish line had about a hundred mil of water, and there's some great um, photos on our Facebook page of the runners splashing through a hundred mil of water to get their token. Wow, <laughs> what an adventure! <laughs> Um, so now you said this morning that you weren't the original run director here or event director. What's your journey and how did you get involved in Park Run? Um, I first did my I did my first Park Run I think back in 2013 because I just happened to be best friends with the South African Park Run coordinator Bruce Fordyce, and he was and Bruce Fordyce in South Africa is a running legend who holds a position in the running society in South Africa, somewhere way above what Monaghetti and Dika Stala hold in Australia. He's much more well-known. And he was out here on a tour and he hauled me out of bed one day in Brisbane and said, let's go park running. And we went and did the South Bank one in Brisbane and that was my introduction. And then when I moved to Tambourine Mountain two years ago, because of the other things I do was running in Australia... Um, when Vince decided it was time to hand over, the, he thought he only had one choice and um, I accepted it. But people make it easy for me up here. The volunteers up here um, are just amazing. And um, what I take all the praise for, I do about 1% of that work. The, the volunteers up here are just amazing. Because I also travel a lot. So I'm probably away one out of three weekends. And this event just runs without me with the people doing it. It's, uh... They seemed like a pretty well-oiled machine when I turned up this morning, so you've really just confirmed that for me. Um, and the course up here is a bit different to a lot of courses. What sort of feedback do you get from all your visitors about the course? Um, we think it's probably one of the toughest park runs, maybe in the top five toughest park runs in Australia, if not the world. Mainly because Tambourine Mountain, we haven't got a long walk, concrete flat walking track anywhere. We can't find 400 metres of flat bitumen to train on. <laughs> and so we're in a compound here, a sporting complex, which is probably 500 metres by 500 metres. We've hacked out a 2.5k course where the 2.5k turn is right at the start finish and makes it easy to keep track of people. Um, it also makes it easy to pull out. Do you get much of that happening? Yeah, but we try. <laughs> we bring the whips out and we whip them normally. <laughs> Poke them with a cattle prod or something. Yeah, we've got the cattle prod to keep them going back around there. But the course basically is, you'd call it a traditional cross-country course. 
or tr- whoops, that's one of our. It's all right. It's just a balloon. It's a, you can't. It's all right. Just a party balloon. It's more, more cross country, and um, with the exception of the last month, that when it hasn't rained, normally beside the trip hazards of a trail slash cross country, it's normally slippery underfoot. The water jump over in the back side of the course is normally two to three meters wide and about three hundred mils deep. Sometimes <laughs> you can get wet, and then on another part of the course is about a four meter section where when it is wet the risk of losing your shoe is high and <laughs> it sounds like an adventure my home park one is a trail park one sounds like i'll have to come back when it's a bit more challenging you've got to, come back when it, you've got to be here when it's wet it's more fun and, and but the and especially best, when there's only four people i can come forth and the best part about tambourine is we are surrounded by park runs up the 20k away probably six or eight of them like this morning they would have been running in 27 28 degree heat 100 percent humidity we're at 550 metres above sea level. We're in 21 degrees and about 50% humidity, so it's much easier to run up here. <laughs> yeah, it, look, I noticed when this morning it was foggy, as I was driving up, it was getting really foggy, and I thought, oh, should I have bought, should I have bought a little long sleeve shirt or something? But no, the weather was beautiful, lovely yeah, temperature yeah, here. So, yeah. oh, the visibility was about 100 metres at 6 o'clock through the... And, and that wasn't fog, that was cloud. We're so high up. We're, we're closer to God here. That was yeah. cloud. <laughs> Cloud, well, it did clear just in time. Yeah. I did sort of say in my that. yes, I, I can tell. And I, I said in my intro, I hope I didn't get lost. I didn't get lost. I'm very happy about that. And we've got a barbed wire fence on the outside. We've got a barbed wire fence on the outside of the course. You've got to stay within the compound, <laughs> so you can't get too far. <laughs> All right, then. Well, thank you for talking to me on the podcast and thank you to you and all of your volunteers. It's very gracious of you to say that you get all the praise, but your volunteers do all your work. So but that's the truth. <laughs> and look, it, it's the, it is the truth. I mean, the, the volunteers run Parkrun and I think that's what makes us all so grateful to be a part of Parkrun. It just is really something special. So thank you and thanks for having me and I'll come back on a rainy day. Yeah, come, yeah, be, come back on a rainy day. It's more fun. <laughs> Okay, guys, that's me signing off from... Now, I have a correction to make. I've been saying Mount Tambourine through this whole uh, process. Tambourine Mountain. Tambourine Mountain Park Run is where we are at. Um, So I'm signing off from Tambourine Mountain. Um, Now, hopefully the music in the background hasn't been uh, too distracting for you. It really has been a party atmosphere here today for their third anniversary and 150th Park Run. Now, the other thing I just need to correct myself upon, I was talking about singing and dancing. Now, I have it on good authority that what it actually was, was a flash mob. And Linda from the run directing crew have told me that she she suspects that it might be the very first flash mob done at a park run anywhere in the world. So, if that's the case, good on you, Tambourine Mountain Park Runners. Um, well done, and if anybody else has got a claim to the first ever flash mob, we'd love to see it. Post a video or it didn't happen. That's it from me, Parkrun Adventurers. See you next time. The Murrells are back, roving reporting from the Bagara launch, and Lyndall Murray. She's at it again. We need to give her a raise, Mel. What is Twice nothing, Scotty. We've talked about this. Don't focus on the detail. Just focus (laughs) on the statements. Linda, we're doubling your pay because she's just on fire. And you are worth twice as much as we already give you. Let's take a look at launches and anniversaries for this week. 
So February the 3rd, we have got three launches in three different states. There is Greenway in New South Wales, Lakes Entrance in Victoria and Port Broughton in South Australia. And we have two anniversaries in two different states. Our old favourite, Tulun, 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 Tulun Creek in Victoria and Woodbridge Riverside in WA. Awesome. Cake and donuts in Victoria and WA. Is there anything else good and fun happening this weekend, Scotty, that you know about? I know there's going to be a special celebration up at Tamworth for one of our keen listeners. Heather Hunter is cracking a milestone. So let's throw out a cheerio and a well done to Heather for reaching that milestone. Which one is she reaching? A hundred. She's doing a hundred runs. Oh, that's awesome. Heather is a big... A big parkrun adventurer. She's done, I think, something like 30 different events. And, of course, she's an avid volunteer. So, well done, Heather. I um, I understand you're doing it in black and white, a la barcodes. So, look forward to seeing the costumes for that. I don't think... I think my favourite of your costume so far was definitely the sumo wrestler. So... I'm I'm thinking that's probably not what you're going to be wearing. Although they do wear those little black, what would you call them, nappies, Scotty? Look, I don't think they call them nappies. Okay, what do you think Um, they call them? Or do you know? Have you got one? I know where this is heading. I I think... Do you? I think we need a jingle (laughs) for this segment now. Mel's word of the day. (laughs) And the word of the week this week is what? Do you call the underpants that the sumo wrestlers wear? Do you reckon it would be like a a, a thong, like a, a a a wrestler's thong? I think it'll be something in Japanese too, because I, I don't yeah, think it that, travels that too far outside of Japan. I don't think anybody looks at the sumo wrestlers and goes, "I need a pair." That's what I okay. need to wear to my next party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so our Japanese listeners. Parkrun is not big in Japan, but I know we have some Japanese parkrunners in Australia. Maybe they'll know. Text Mel during the week if you do. Please. Um, But you know what you've uh, stirred up there? Remember when we used to do our social adventuring? Um, Yes. We were massive on Instagram. Let's. I'm going to set you a challenge, Mel. Me a challenge. All right. Yep. I want to see some Instagram posts from wherever you are this Saturday. I'll do the same. Let's... Try and compete. Instagram posts plural. Yeah, so you do one, I'll do one. Oh, okay. <laughs> On the Parkrun Adventurers account. So everyone will know where we're at this weekend, so don't tell them now. They get to guess on Saturday. Alrighty. Uh, so, so we won't tag the actual name of the event either then, huh? Sure. Sure. Because I'm off for an adventure. Ooh. Well, Okay. I think we should stop talking about this right now because otherwise we might get into too many specifics and give too many clues away. Okay. But okay, so not only us though. Let's let's get some let's get some stuff on Instagram and Twitter and everything from everybody else. I want to see pictures of where everyone else is. This yes. Weekend. Good idea. Good idea. And we'll do a wrap up next week. So if you yep. want to if you want to be like Heather and get a shout out on the podcast, Instagram at Parkrun this week. That's the plan. We want to see pictures. Hashtag Parkrun Adventurers. This is potentially the big weekend of the year, Mel. I think this is the weekend last year where we broke our record. So let's see if everyone is out and about 
park running on Saturday. I know school's back. I know that hasn't affected you. Wes, Wes is not in school. He's not that advanced just yet. Uh, no. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure he could probably cope with it, but I'm not ready for him to be at school yet. Okay. He's only eight months old on Friday. It's funny. I've had Kasha with me all for the past six weeks and she went back to school. And I've got to admit, I missed her. I loved having her around. <laughs> it was, you know, today is now lonely and quiet. And Buster is just not the conversationalist that my daughter is. So all those pictures of sad parents sending their kids off to school, or happy parents, I don't know what, what it is, um, I can sympathise. I miss my I, daughter. I haven't seen a lot of pictures of the parents, to be honest. I've been seeing lots of pictures of little kids in school uniforms. That's been filling up my news feeds lately. Yes, it's that time of year. So... And what it means is that everyone's got this weekend off before school sports starts and after school activities starts and all that. So nobody's got an excuse to miss Park Run this Saturday. Wow. No excuses. So it sounds like you're predicting another cracker weekend. Yes, I am. Even though the numbers were down slightly last weekend and they didn't break any records. I think that was, I think that's also traditional uh, Australia Day long weekend. Weather was horrific around the country. Was it? It was down here. And Melbourne is the centre of Australia, so, yeah. The centre of Australia having, you know, the third most events of any state in the country or territory. Well, it's the most important state, so. To some people. Rightio, then. Yep. (laughs) On that note, let's wrap it up, and um, we'll see you next week. I'll chat to you then, Scotty.